Good morning, happy Sunday, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, depending. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, George. Bonjour. Good morning, good morning. What an amazing week that we had. An very hard week. one. Yeah. Very difficult one. Um, there was so much happening. It is incredible where we find ourselves. So, how was your guys' Valentine's? No, it was good. It was good. It was uh, pretty relaxing. Um, definitely had probably a little bit too many uh, chocolate, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, nice dinner. So Wonderful. What about you, George? It was a wonderful Valentine's Day. I think I would... Um, I would say that I had too many chocolates on Valentine's Day, but the fact is I have too many chocolates every single day. So that's maybe <laughs> something I'll correct going into this spring. That's so good. So good. So good. So good. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And what well, about you? Uh, How was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> Are you guys asking me about my Valentine's? Um, what can I say? It certainly was an incredible Valentine, probably one of the best Valentine I ever had, really. I mean, I had the opportunity to spend time with my mom that was visiting, but also not doing really well. And I think on that particularly day, she wasn't really doing well. But, you know, um, I was with her and um, just enjoyed that time with her. And of course, I fall asleep. And maybe for about two or three hours, I wake up to this incredible gift, the buzz of, we just hit a thousand subscriber. And it was shocking. I was like, what, what? Doing what? We did what? Our angel... (laughs) was actually just working it out for us. It was just like, there was a countdown. There was like, it was, oh my God. I mean, I thought I was just, it still has not set in. It really hasn't. It's incredible. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to put my emotion into words. Even now, it's been an incredible week very emotional i'm i'm just an emotional person and um that's very often that's how i express myself you know where i am at all time with my emotion um and i don't shine away from it um but it was also a very difficult week because we have to work and we do very hard work and so um yeah i will say i had an amazing valentine probably one of the best one I've ever have certainly one for the book, one that I will always and forever remember. That love, that kind, that support. Amen. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. I think maybe we should getting into the service. But um, before we do that, I also think it's incredibly important that, you know, we disclose what this is about really because i mean we call it church service 
we are not here to actually preach to anyone, right? We are not here to make anyone believe on what we believe. Um, it just all, we're just here to testify. We're just here to, for the cause. We are here for the community that we are so lucky to be a part of. At the very least, share a perspective that can maybe help someone think about something a little bit different, even if they don't change their mind, to your point. But just think about it. Yeah, because I do know uh, for many people, they worship God differently. And it's sometimes, it's diff- I mean, God may have different meaning for different people. And there's those that who just don't believe at all. Um, and it's okay. And we are here for you as well, because if there's one thing I do know we can say we connect with is that human race, that that humanity. And I do believe, even if you don't believe in God, but you believe in something. And and that something, maybe that's what it is, is the God in you. It just manifests itself in a very different way, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Of course, that is my opinion. Um, just a little story, guys. When I was probably maybe, I will say maybe 13, right after I started my career, which is start very early, early age. And... Um, I was a very, very church-going person because of my mother. My mother, basically, she's 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 in the church. Um, pretty much grew up Catholic, done everything Catholic. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it just what we did. And I love church. I love it. But what I didn't understand, how do you speak to God? And how does God speak to you? And that was always my questions. How, how, do, how do I know he's going to answer my prayer when I pray? And being a kid, not having that perspective, not having that understanding, because you, you know, like if you need something in anything, ask God. But then I don't see it. <laughs> it's like, okay, God, I need that Barbie or I need, I need this candy or you know sort of why come on god <laughs> and i remember an aunt of mind and maybe it was an aunt maybe I, I i not exactly have that memory of who but i do remember the question that i asked the question that i asked when would i know god is listening to me and hear my prayers and how do I know the answer and she turned around I think that might have been my aunt she says to me um well look around you when you speak to God very often the way he will answer to you it's maybe into the book you're reading and how you connect with it. Maybe it's a sign on the street that you see. 
Maybe it's something your friends say to you. And for whatever the reason, that stays with me. And that guides me throughout my life and throughout every decision that I make, including doing this podcast. The fact that I was inspired, the fact that I was listening, how I get into social media and not really paying social media much attention, even though my, I guess you will call it your camp tells you, you can't have the career that you know you have and not being a part of social media. And I'm still fighting them about it. Um, and then here I am full circle and look at the work that I'm doing and I'm seeing the sign everywhere. And that's included the fact this angel get us to where we are now. And we now speaking to over a thousand people. How incredible that is. So in that spirit, I think it's time to Get the service. Wait, start. wait, 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 wait. You, you're not gonna talk. Wait, wait, what? You're not gonna talk about the release. What release? Oh, that. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think I'm just doing my part when it comes to be a part of um this community and um, the Sussex Red community. I think they've done incredible job. Has been doing amazing work and just to be a part of it some way a little bit um you know I, I i don't know i just trying to do my part in some ways what about you guys no i mean i think i think that everything i mean we've been on a rocket ship for the past couple of weeks so it's just nice to kind of sit back and see, and um, and feel that ride so i mean I, We've gotten so much support, obviously, from Baron and then obviously from just the squad just generally. So I think we've done such a great job of um, being able to open ourselves up and then um, and truly kind of receive, you know, all the gifts that that we've been given. So I think, you know, again, I just I just I, I just appreciate the space that we're in and then looking forward for what's to come. Yeah, for me, I think that video was incredible. And watching it has got me sitting here. I've got the my uh, my laptop up with my notes. And I'm not telling you that at the same time we're, we're talking about this right now, I'm looking at the hotels in Dusseldorf. I'm looking at the flights because it's just one of those things you get it, you watch it, you're like, yep, I want to go. I want to be a part of that. And it's it's also just not just oh it's a nice sporting event it's something that actually has some real substance and some meaning and and uh, makes a difference so it was an amazing release and i hope many more people get to watch it wow thank you so let's getting into the service god um show me the way well let's get the service started shall we Last service was so difficult for all of us here, especially for me. And we ending the service with a poem, one that's very close to my heart. Um, Charles, do you remember that poem? Do you want to read that? Here we go. 
Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. Hope makes all things work. That's right. So guys, please put a pin on it. We'll come back to that again at the end. So Sussex Squad Nation, where were you when this happened? Do you remember what you were doing? I mean, if you guys are maybe cooking and you just happen to be listening and you're not close to your phone, take your phone right now, giving you as a minute. Where were you when the Duke and Duchess dropped these bombshells just to borrow the media words? Because it was. Uh Uh-huh. So you guys get it. Service is universal. Maybe you remember it wasn't too long ago. And Princess Megan said this on her podcast. She said something to the effect, my fate is greater than my fear. Do you remember that one? I'm sure you guys do. And what about this one? And this one is a big one. To borrow from the media language, when Prince Harry said this shocking thing. Do you guys remember what this was? Maybe we didn't appreciate at the time how shocking, how important each of those statements. It was like words in action. And I will tell you guys, and I'm talking to Sussex Squad Nation, they stopped me cold in my tracks. And those three statements are also ideas. Even though it was there at different times, in different places, they are so close in length. And that was going to focus on today. To begin, guys, and I mean Sussex Squad and and Charles and George that were here. When I hear the word service, the first thing that come into my head, I I don't know, maybe maybe you, um, Sussex Squad Nation, that you think the same. I don't know. I'm just, but for me, when I think or I hear the word service, the first place where my brain go is military service. Because very often we go around, we think, you know, the troop for their services. And I also think church service. But as I continue thinking about it, life supposed to be all about service. Even though when we think of the royal, because they go by, this is what they do to serve, right? Service. It's hard to know what these services are at times, but that's what they go. So sometimes maybe for many of you, you think of royal service. So let's get to the definition of that. What is the definition of service? Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of different definitions depending on the context. Um, There's it used as a verb, there's it as a noun. And in terms of this, the it's the action of helping or doing work for someone 
the uh that that may be kind of obvious for a lot of people but the um what maybe is not obvious or not known i certainly didn't know it until looking it up as we got ready for today's service is that when you tra- trace it back and you look at the origin of it the etymology of of the word service it goes back to the latin uh service s e r v u s and that actually meant slave and so it's um how that word has changed today what it means today the different manifestations of it um don't necessarily have that connotation uh but if nothing else it is interesting to think about it uh in terms of that being where it started where it came from hmm and you um charles the first thing that i think of when i think of service i can completely see how you think of military service it makes sense to me just because obviously the connotation and the connection is there Um, because your father served he did but uh the first thing that pops into my mind actually is community service so you know girl scouts boy scouts i was big into that um obviously the boy scouts um (laughs) just to be clear uh, what you'll also have is that, um, you know, serve in, f- in food kitchens and you do all these other stuff. I mean, I, like, it's always about being very involved in the community and to uplift the community and to help out those who are around you. So when I grew up in kind of like my family, when we were kind of growing up, there was always an element of that somewhere around just cause we were always involved in, in, in something or another. So that's the first place my head goes when I start to think of service. But it is also interesting just in terms of um, what George was talking about, just in terms of kind of the root of it and the etymology of it. Um, Because, you know, it's the polar opposite of what it is to actually be noble, to be a king, to be, you know, whatever. These these monarchs of sorts, um, because they're not necessarily known. They're they're the opposite of slaves. (laughs) So to know that that's basically kind of the linchpin behind kind of what it is they're supposed to do, which is basically to actually help serve their their subjects so it's just interesting just in terms of that the, the dichotomy there yeah and it's kind of like you go back to some of the thinking in the enlightenment in terms of what is actually the role of governments and leaders and uh you can go into a whole number of different forms of uh political ideologies and, and um sociological thinking but the one of the things that came out of that was that the people who are leading society aren't actually on top but they are public servants and we still use that term today but i don't know if we necessarily think of it fully appreciating what it actually means that it, it coming from that 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 context uh in terms of its etymology the other thing when you look at the etymology is that it and you trace it through it goes from latin it goes to old uh, old french and then into old english and in the old english sir fis s-e-r-f-i-s-e um, at least according to Google, that means denoting religious devotion or a form of liturgy. And so that idea of uh, service, providing value, working, and actually from a position of uh, not just less than, but that it's uh, in, in service of someone else, perhaps even someone that you're elevating above you. But it is also with that uh, religious devotion to the actual act. So that's another uh, sort of interesting aspect of how do we actually think about what does service look like? Because 
to Lady Sussex's point, it's used in a lot of different ways, a lot of different meanings of it. But when you think about it in the in the frame of providing value to someone else, and you think about the roots of it, it is with that root of uh, elevating the people who you are serving and doing that service with a sort of religious fervor. Well, to borrow the um, media words, they like to say, I think we need to disarm those words, shocking. And maybe in some ways it was shocking to hear that um, answer and had that manifest itself. It's just like, it's one of those things, as I say, is, is that, you know what, we we think we know what service is, we put in our head. But I don't know, for me at that time, that I realize, wait a minute here, we too here, the, the, the squads, the community that, you know, we're part of, and it's, it's what it is. We are serving as well for the good of the people, for the good of humanity. And I, and, and I started thinking even more that everybody that you know who's serving around us, the angels, the people that come, you know, around us, people that, you know, who affect us in a very deep, deep way. You know, our mothers, our, our, our fathers, in, in our friends, our brothers, in, in how we involve in each other's life. And I started thinking, is that too is service? 100%. And I think that that's also where what we had been talking about is that it's not just getting an understanding of service but an understanding of what Harry and Meghan actually said, which is the idea that service is universal. And what how, what does that actually mean? Because it's one of those things that's kind of easy to say, but how, what, is, what does it actually mean to say that service is, is universal? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and, and I think it means a lot more for them as well. But when you looked at the work that they were able to do and still doing after leaving the monarchy, and successfully been able to do it. And I mean, I have it here when you started thinking about what better work, archetype, center valley, travalis, travalis, I said, um, well child, the Invictus game, leave to lead, world kitchen, the hub community and kitchen, the Archwell Foundation. Smart work charity. All the work they do. And and that's not even included the support that they give to so many other charities. Yeah, it's more than we could possibly even say or include in the in the amount of time that we have. And that's that's the thing that's interesting because you look at what the work that they're doing and and say, Okay, well how does what does services universal maybe mean to Harry and Megan? And for me when I look at that work it takes two meanings it's universal in insofar as that it is something that is needed throughout the world uh throughout the universe um and it is something that uh the everyone can do everyone can participate in and it's not just one thing it is a, a whole myriad uh, number of ways in which um we can serve and we people are called to serve and so that's it's 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 putting the word service, putting the meaning of service, what it is to actually do that in the appropriate context of how big it is, how important it is, 
and and who can actually participate in it and who should be participating in it because it is universal. So where do the Sussex Squad fit into that? We actually had a very interesting conversation the other day. Uh, and it was it was all about this. It was about the connection that we we're basically trying to string here in terms of, okay, well, how does service kind of fit into kind of um, not only kind of who they are, but basically kind of what it is they give um, out to the world. And so you're called to be of service. And so that's what basically people should do just generally, I feel, is that people should look for to, to participate and be bigger than themselves and look to other people. Uh, and try and help out as much as they can just because, again, you know, you give what you get. Um, so I feel that's definitely kind of an element of it. But I think that service just generally should be something that um, uplifts everyone. And I think that's what they try and do so well. And I think that's kind of what it leads back to what the Sussex Squad's really all about is because they see that, um, again, you know, to, to get what you give – that they've given so much and the squad sees the fact that they actually need the support because they are under so much pressure because they have been so marginalized because they have been um, so abused. And so when you have, you know, decent people who are just kind of out there and they see basically this abuse being heaped on these people for no good reason um, or for even worse than that, then I think that's basically kind of what gave rise to this community in the first place. Not just because obviously kind of what it is that they represent, but who they actually really are as a core. And I think that's kind of, you know, what the Sussex squad uh, is been giving back in services because they're, they're serving um, Harry and Megan to an extent in order to kind of help give them support that they need in order to kind of get through the difficulties that they've been having. And I also think, um, I'm sorry, um, George, I also think, you know, obviously the squad, it's, it's, it's done incredible job, but I, I also think it go beyond squad. I think there is people out there, maybe that's not calling themselves um, squaddies, but who understand and see the abuse and lending their support and actually all doing the work as well. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually exactly where I was going to go. But before that, I think... Um, you, Lady Sussex, have to accept now your your rightful place with a thousand subscribers as as very much fully a member of the Sussex Squad. So it is we. Where does we, the Sussex Squad, fit into that? You know, you you are uh, a part of that now. You've got you've got your audience. Um, the the thing that I would add is that when you think about the the Sussex Squad's role, I think. Certainly it is not one monolith. It's a number of different people who all have their passions and what they care about, what they believe that are working together. Um, and as Charles said, it's, it's, they see what is happening and they are choosing to act. Um, and, and to what you just said, uh, Lady Sussex, there's, uh, it's, it's not really just these people who necessarily refer to themselves as being a part of the Sussex squad, um, but people who maybe just say, oh, we care about Harry and Meghan and, and even beyond that. And the Sussex Squad role for me in my in my mind is is again it's something that is myriad. There's a lot of functions to it and what they do. But one of the most important things to call out is that uh, almost um, creation of momentum that can extend beyond the Sussex Squad, beyond just this tight knit community, and actually is able to impact uh, a broader audience to call things to attention, actually to get people to serve as well. Yeah, I I. 
I know we have to move on to the next part of it, which is faith. What does that mean? But before that is that I think right now where I am with it is the sense of responsibility, right? To that service. And when you think about someone that who doesn't know us, right? Someone that I admire, someone that I've been watching from the moment that he started his show um, up to that point, it was mainly women that I see that beside Terrell, really, that was doing um, the work. And there was always that thing for me that, you know what, men need to be a part of this conversation. Men need to take on that conversation. And I think, and um, Megan says it too, right? You know, um, I think in one of her first uh, adding, I think she had this conversation and it was a panel of the four of them, if I recall really well. I didn't do my research. I'm sorry, guys. But but I do remember clearly where, he, where she said that, you know what, hey, this is not just a woman thing. Men must be play a role on that. And I think it probably was about fe- feminism, you know, when she was talking about being feminist. And so how important it was. And then when I see Baron, I finally get the name right. I'm sorry, Baron. I very often say Baron. You never know how long it takes for the boys to help me <laughs> say the right way, Baron, because you're royal. <laughs> that was the only way to attach. Not that I'm attaching you to those royal, but you're you're king. Um, so when he show up in the scene, starting doing these short videos, and it was like, hey man, here we go. Yay. And I know our shows, and if I was going to be a part of it and being inspired and being called to do this, as I see it was happening for me and I need to answer to that call because I had no choice. Like I said in the last video is that it, I needed to have the show with men. <laughs> I needed to talk to some guys and have their point of views and, you know, sort of where all of us here, you know, are coming from different background, but yet very relatable because we are all mixed we are all intertwined. I guess most people will call us mutt. I think that. I think that. And Charles, I think it was very important. I think that Charles might be our best intro yet. We are here because we checked the box. We're men. Well, <laughs> that's how I heard it anyway. <laughs> what did I say? No, 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 no. You guys understand what I'm saying. I, I think men need to be a part of this conversation, it's right? It's true. And so. That's what was important to me. So I, I find now the heavy responsibility when I think of the squad, when I think of Baron, you know, how it is important that I, I guess the word I'm looking for is proud. Proud that, you know, he picked us. To support, even though he support many other squaddies that who have their own show, 
But for me, there is a responsibility because now I feel like I'm representing him as well. As well representing Megan, Harry, Doria, Queen Doria, and the kids. Like I feel that sense of responsibility because there's nothing more the press, the media will love. It's to find things about us or things we say and to further crucify them. And how would that make Baron feels if we say something or anything or we didn't do our research, we didn't do, you know, our due diligence and evolve for us. And so I feel that sense of responsibility now. And it's huge. So, guys, we move into the next thing is faith. Now, for me, faith, this was this is an exciting one to talk about. Because I think, and I don't know if I said this on a, a previous show or not, but I am the son of a pastor. And so that's that's what I grew up with. Uh, and so for me, being the son of a pastor, it's um, faith is something that was always very present um, in terms of how I was raised, um, but also something that, and, and perhaps because of the fact that it was so present in, in how I was raised, faith is something that I have a real appreciation for a critical interrogation for, for, for maybe lack of a better way of saying it, of what does it actually mean? Uh, what does it actually entail? What is it? Um, and have a, have, have a true understanding of not, not necessarily overly rationalized, but really an understanding of what does it actually mean when you say you have faith in something? Hmm. And so to start with, I think we, we know how, how important it is. Um, we know that it's something that Megan as as Lady Sussex said at the beginning of the show is something that Megan put as something that is key to the way that she has been able to overcome the challenges of these past few years. Um, but what else do we know in terms of uh, its role, kind of its importance, its uh, context? Really, what else do we know, Charles? I mean, you know, please. Well, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that I think actually summarizes it fairly well. And it's uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, chapter 17, verses 20 to 21. And it's when Jesus actually speaks to his disciples. And what he says is, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible for you. How small a mustard seed really is. Well, literally, it is tiny. It is less than a tenth of an inch in diameter. (laughs) Oh yeah, you can. I mean, you don't even. You, you hardly even know you have them in your pocket. It's so small. They're <laughs> they're almost impossible to find. But it is important. But what if it is fate? Well, you moved on too fast. I don't think you can't move on to, too fast from that verse because that's actually a really important verse. The thing is, it's not just if you have faith you can do something. He's saying if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, okay. that's small. Right. You can actually physically move a mountain. Hmm. That's insane. That's insane. And I feel like, and it's funny. I don't know. We didn't. We're not going to say it on the show because we're a little bit more 
PC right now. We're trying to be a little bit more PC. But if you guys go and read the the rest of the verses around that story, it's actually pretty funny because Jesus is cursing out his disciples for not having any faith. And so it's a, that's some extracurricular reading for you all after the show. So obviously, you know, we just read this verse a minute ago, but what does it fate mean for each any one of you here? Faith is a really interesting subject because we are so trained to think of things tangibly. We are so used to, okay, well, what have you done for me lately? You know, if I can't see it, touch it, smell it, taste it, is it really real? Uh, I do come from a very religious background as well. So I certainly have been brought up with this idea all of my life. Um, And you had actually mentioned it earlier on the show about looking for these small moments about how you tie into the things that you read, how you tie into things that you hear, and then it's the voice of God that kind of gets you through. And that's basically how you communicate. And I think that's... That's how I hear the the, the, um, God voice. Right, exactly. And so I think that's, that's interesting, right? Is that, you know, you have faith in that higher power. You have faith that... Um, what you do is right. You have faith in things that you believe. So that's kind of my whole thing is, is basically um, my belief is that faith is what you hold dear at the end of the day. And it kind of centers you and is expressed by you. Because at the end of the day, that's basically who you are at your core is what it is that you put your faith in. That's that's really interesting you say that. I'll get into that in in one second, but before before responding to that, the just because you've you've both now shared it, I'll share mine as well. Um and of course as you would expect of a pastor's son, I was naturally rebellious against the the commandments and the mandates put out in the Bible, especially the one saying do not test me. And I wanted to to test it. I wanted to see if it was real at whatever I don't even remember what age, how old I was. But I did it. I did the, I think what probably many people have done, because I have actually seen it in other places, is I did the thunder test. I just made up that name. I don't know if that's what anyone else calls it. But I was driving in the car one night, or no, actually I wasn't driving. It was actually in, I was lying in bed, and it was a, there was a thunderstorm that was going on, and I wanted to know if God was real. And so I said, okay, God, if you're real, I'm going to count to three, and on the end of the count, I want some thunder. And so I I did. I counted. Three, two, one. And boom. A huge thunderclap. Right at the end. I was like, okay, all right, I got it. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) So that's that was my uh for you talk about how do you hear God and how do you know that he's real, how do you have this faith? I did uh I did a, a a firm very scientific test at the ripe age of twelve or whatever it was. Um but to the idea of what does faith actually mean, what is that for people to have it, I think it's really interesting what you said, Charles, because we're getting ready for the, the service today. We were looking in, into that exact meaning. And I think a lot of times people go to the place of saying faith is when you can believe in something when you don't necessarily have proof. You can't physically see it or taste it or smell it or touch it, like you said. Like a thunderclap. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of that. Um, and the thing is that that is very similar to the idea of hope. Uh, when you hope for something that you can't necessarily know that it's uh, real. Uh, you, you don't know that it's going to happen. And so they got us looking, and there's actually a very wonderful paper. We'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. Um, from two professors of CUNY, uh, Queensborough Community College, uh, that focused on just that, the interrelation of faith and hope. Uh, it's Shannon Kincaid and, and Philip Pecorino. Uh, and what they write, I'll, I'll read what they write, and then, and, and then we'll talk about it. But he says, they say, faith is something you possess in the present moment. It reflects a, uh, uh, and hope, faith is something you possess in the present moment. It reflects a desired intention. Hope, on the other hand, is the anticipated fulfillment of that intention. It deals with the future state of affairs. So on these grounds, faith is the result of a current belief system as shaped by our experience, whereas hope is the product of desiring a future state of affairs. And while the two are intimately connected, a pessimist could argue that one can have faith without having hope. However, one does not have to be an incurable optimist to claim that faith is a necessary condition of hope. When people have hope, they have faith because they hold a belief that says, I believe that the future will be better or different, whatever it is. And while they have no grounds to prove that hopeful assumption, they have faith in it. While faith without hope is possible, hope without faith is not. And so you can kind of see that that's the end of sort of a, a paraphrase of what they had, had written that uh, the two things are very closely connected, hope and faith, but one, you need one to have the other, even though you can have faith without necessarily having hope. Uh, and, it, and it ties very closely to what you said, Charles, about your faith is actually a representation of who you are. It is what you hold most dear um, because your faith, at least according to uh, Shannon Kincaid and Philip Pecorino, is a reflection of the experience that you have and how it shapes your set of beliefs. And this, to me, when you when I read this, I was like, wow, that is amazing because what it does for me is thinking about uh, what we said at the beginning in terms of what Megan shared in her, in her podcast. Mm-hmm. When she says, for me, I need to make sure I have my faith greater than my fear. I think a lot of people think about that. They hear that and they think, okay, let, she's saying I want to make sure my hope for the future outweighs my fears of the future, out, right. outweigh, outweighs right. the doubt. Right. So it's, it, in that sense, it's actually the hope element of it. And I think that that is absolutely true. And I think that's a part of it. But what's interesting to think about is that it's not just a matter of the hope. When she says, let your faith be greater than your fears, it is also saying, let your current experience as shaped by your actions to date be greater than your fears. Let what you're actually doing let your actions, your words, your statements, your deeds, all of those things that shape your current belief system outweigh your fears. And so there's actually, in, in, in what Megan said, there's simultaneously that hope, that intentionality for the future, the, the wish for what the future can be, but it is tied very directly when it comes to what faith actually means to what you are doing today. Wow. Well, say... Um... When I think of that word faith, I don't know if at 
this moment I can put into words what that representing for me because I know I have it. But I want to look at fate in the eyes of Princess Megan. I want to look at fate in the eyes of Prince Harry. And I also want to look at fate in the eyes of this incredible community that I am so, we so privileged to be a part of, the Sussex Squad Nation. And when I think of what Harry and Meghan has done, coming from the where they were coming from, and at that time, we had no idea there was going to be a book, you know, coming. And if there was, that it was going to be in depth and deep as it, it is. And to be leaving this powerhouse. I mean, I said powerhouse. And both front, whether it's the royals for what they stand for for the last thousand years and how they survive thousand years and what they have represent all around the world, the power that, that, that they have, and the media who in my opinion, in so many words, that who is controlled all our lives, it's been controlled by the media. We depend on them for almost everything. And the power there is in this. And now that here, there is two people, a woman of color, taking on the media. And Prince Harry, now that we know how much abuse he has endured after his mom passed, for him to put his fate on all of us, put his fate on something to say enough. And no matter what happened, no matter what holds for me, we are living. And I'm looking at the fate in that sense. What did it take? Because there's no way, yes, we were supporting and we've been supporting. How did he know? How did they know that we will stay at it? We'll keep at it. We'll keep pushing as much as we've been pushing. And the faith that he had on the squads and the faith that he had in his community, I, I suppose his military community, the faith that he has on other people that's probably not a part of the squads, the faith on that he had on many of the service that he was doing because this probably would have been very easy for these services 
and saying, no, please don't go because then what's going to happen to us? It's how the people that you know who sort of, in so many ways, love to attach themselves with power, with, with, with uh, people that who, who of power, whether it's king, queen, princess, or leaders, or presidents, and, and like there is people who like to attach themselves to that. And then all of a sudden that you say, you're leaving that? We don't want to be bothered with you. We need you to be royal. It makes us look good. It makes us feel something about ourselves. And he had to believe these people was going to be with him. He had to have the faith. Not really believe. Faith. And I think he goes even further when he said that, you know what? We don't know what we were going to do. What do you mean you, you, you're living? You don't know what you're going to do? What did that mean? The fact is, is that, you know, Princess Megan make this phone call to this angel. And he answered her call and said, yes. I can help. The faith, the faith that he had done in her and them and the faith that they have in Tyler Perry. And I will even take it even further when you think of Queen Doya. Looking at your flower, she called her flower. The only child, and I don't want to cry now because I could see it bubbling up. And see your child being sacrificed, crucified, day and day and day and day, day out. And asking yourself, I need to have faith on Harry to taking care of my daughter. And I'm going to have faith that the people that were supporting them continue. Because they are dealing with powerful force. So for me, this is where I choosing to look at fate, what it means. Because that force the force that's out there in the media how they can easily turn people, nations, how we think, how we work, how we feel, and how we feel about each other. 
and one stop of nothing to try to destroy two people's doing the work. The work that God had made them. And for, for us, all of us, watching this, being present, to see that how low they can get. How low they can get. They're willing to destroy everybody's life. It doesn't matter what they say, what they do, like Denzel say. They don't, they don't, they, I think that's where I leave it. Well, you know what, I, what I'll say? Well, you know what I'll say is, just so you, to make sure you don't, to bring the, a little on a lighter note, maybe, um, is I think you're exactly right. I think Harry and Meghan are a outstanding and probably the one of the best examples that we have in the world today of what does it mean to have faith and to live in faith and to let your faith guide your actions um i think harry should uh prince harry and um and princess megan should start the um, a mustard seed company <laughs> i think what we need to do as we always done in moments like that it's go down the weaver and pray. And so that brings us to the final section of what we talked about. We talked about service. We talked about faith. And the last quote, if you remember from the beginning of the, the service today, was what Harry said about this powerful force that the media is and that he hopes uh, for a force that can overcome it. And for us, uh, for Lady Sussex, Charles and myself, as we've been talking about it, we realize that that connection, as Lady Sussex said at the beginning, all these ideas are connected. That idea of truly understanding what does it mean to be of service and truly understanding what does it mean to not just have hope, but to have faith and to let your faith guide how you act today, not just how you think about the future. When you combine those two things in a, in a collective group, like the Sussex Squad is, like the Sussex Squad has been doing, and like the Sussex Squad will continue to do and hopefully be able to grow even further, that is what it will take to make a change. That is the type of force, the type of power that can combat the media. And, and it's been evident by all the work that Barron and everyone else that's been in the Sussex Squad has, has, has done for the past few years in terms of where Harry Absolutely. and Meghan are today. Absolutely. The fact that the, how, how powerful the media is, the media has been going at them day in, day out, like you just said. And they're still there. They are still surviving and thriving. And that is a testament to that faith and that collective action, that understanding of what does it mean to be of service and to actually let your faith guide your actions today. That's exactly what needs to happen. Because people are starving. F crate. It's happening around the world. All this problem for the tabloid media day in, day out with their cronies. The only thing that they keeps them relevant is to try to tear up these two amazing individuals down 
the ones, in fact, that trying to do the good work. I think of what we put out there. Whether it's what Denzel say in the Vita Clearer clip that, you know, we release or the one that we release in Oprah amazing speech because the media don't care. They really don't care who they hurt based on their action, based on what I've seen, based on the people that who is affecting by what they do. Who's behind the screen? Those are real people, real families, humans who are hurting. We can't have a world, we can't, can't, cannot have a world in the 21st century without any more values. It's as though we are losing our values, what we stand for, what's acceptable and what's not. We are in a space of complete, like where we completely disconnect with the truth. And people are hurting. And they're willing to hurt other people just to get to these two people. This is the force we are fighting against, guys. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Absolutely, God, show us the way. Well, that brings all together what we need to do and keep doing and do more of it. And for us as the squad, it is important to keep doing what has been done since they start going after Harry and Meghan especially Megan, is to keep fighting. It is important. As I've always seen, it is bigger just than Harry and Megan. Stay on the battlefield. Caring for each other in our mental health, especially our mental health. 
we cannot let them take our eyes of the ball. What's important in the great work that H&M are doing and the impact they are having in the world. And the people who depending on that work, those people need all of us too. Not just here and there, but all the time, because it matters. We need to give thanks. We need to pray for the squads. We need to pray and give thanks to the great Lord, whatever God that you know you, you pray to. Thanks to each other. And so we're going to end the show, well, the service, with a poem. One that really, really deep to my heart. It's a poem that made famous, although not written by Mother Teresa, called Do It Anyway. You know, guys, Mother Teresa did not write this poem. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Did you? I didn't know before, no. Yeah. um, From what I understand is, um, there was a man named um, Kent, K-E-N-T-M, Keith, K-E-I-T-H, who called them the big words. The paradoxical commandments. That's right. Don't let her, she got to say it. (laughs) Say it. The paradoxical. There we go. Okay. Commandments. Kit was a sophomore in college when he wrote the words um, for the book, The Silent Revolution. Isn't that a fitting word? The Silent Revolution. But the dynamic leadership in the student council published by Harvard. No, not that student. <laughs> no, 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 not the student. Not the maybe in twenty five years, allegedly. Um, yeah, allegedly, <laughs> she probably would be a student of Harvard. Maybe not now. <laughs> Come on, guys, that was. Oh God, this is what the, Christ, the squad will call shade, <laughs> subtle shade. I don't know if that was subtle. <laughs> that was just oh, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. I think you can leave out the subtle part. Oh God, guys, um, yeah, and the student council published by Harvard Student Agency in 1968, according to this website. I think we we should um, post that in the show notes. So, I will lead choice to read the poem for all of us and guys please um stay to the end as we give thanks together people are often unreasonable illogical and self-centered forgive them anyway if you are kind people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives be kind anyway if you are successful you will win some friends you will win some false friends and some true enemies succeed anyway if you are honest and frank people may cheat you 
be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough, but give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Amen. So, let's give thanks. Happy Sunday, y'all. And may God bless you. Please stay safe and have an amazing week. Let's give thanks. Please stay to the end of the show.